Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast, where we try to give you some actionable items to take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve your customer experience, hopefully improve today your agent experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I'm the CEO here at Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a 600-seat hybrid BPO located here in the States in, uh, in northwestern Pennsylvania. So for all of you guys that have been listeners for a long time now, this is going on about 150 episodes. You know, one of the topics I think that we have not done as good a job on is, is the security aspect of your contact center, uh, especially now moving from the work-from-home model, bring your own device, those types of, of questions that you guys keep asking me. I give my advice on, but now we finally have some experts uh, to, to come join us. So I think that this will be an, an episode that whether you are BPO, whether you are an internal contact center, whether you're a small or large, these will give you some thoughts, I think, for sure on, on where you are from a security aspect now and, and probably where you need to be. So joining me is, is Andrew McNeil. He is the uh, chief customer officer at ThinScale. So Andrew, thank you uh, so much for for joining um, ThinScale. You know, I'm going to let you kind of probably give the the better um, explanation of what you guys do because I, I know you cover a swath of kind of security products. But for for our purposes, really looking at security and endpoint management and and VPNs and and really looking at the holistic approach to security in the contact center. I know you work with a ton of BPOs as it is. Um, so I'll kind of give you the floor here to do a quick intro and, and, and talk about ThinScale as well. So lovely to meet you, Thomas. As you say, my name is Andrew McNeil, 40-year career in the IT industry, 10-year with Dell. Uh, during the glory years of its massive expansion and domination across the globe, uh, and it was lovely to be a part of that. Then spent 15 years helping startups, and then I really worked with two small companies, ThinScale being the second one, helping them through to that $10 million startup phase. Um, in terms of ThinScale ourselves, the title I give out, what we're trying to do is to transform secure remote working. So just as you and I were saying at the beginning, Thomas, you know, this was at the point when I was busy trying to persuade everybody work at home was a really great idea. And everybody thought I was completely bonkers. How would <laughs> right. you keep it secure? And indeed, that was the critical idea. How are you going to keep it secure and manage devices, whether they're corporate devices or BYOD devices? And that's what we're doing for the nine out of the top 10 global BPOs, providing that seamless experience, seamless secure experience for BYOD and for corporate devices so that agents have a good experience, whether they're on corporate 
whether they're on BYOD, whether they're in the in the contact center, and you deliver the right uh, applications at the right place. And more importantly, you keep it secure. No keylogger, no screen scraper. Endpoint is the critical vulnerability, and nailing that security issue is the top priority for our customers. Yeah, and and I know just in you and I and our our discussion, and and if everybody who's listened to me here knows, like I was an anti, right? Just an anti work from home person, just coming from you the background that I had. You changed. Oh yeah, and now <laughs> I've 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 had the epiphany. Oh, um, you. You know, I think I think well for a lot of us, COVID didn't care whether we thought brick and mortar yeah. or work from home was the right way to go. It, it it was you had to learn how to operate whether you were comfortable in it or not. And I think a lot of organizations did it kind of I don't want to say willy nilly at first, um, but now they're at the point where it's like, hey, we have to do this right. We have to do it real. And I think that's it's really exciting to have you on. And we can I know we're going to talk about some of those different tasks that that a contact center really should be looking at and, and what's what what does security really mean for a lot of these these operations. But yeah. let me start by asking and, and going back to kind of this COVID thing. What are some of the changes that you've seen, um, you know, from an agent standpoint? You know, taking into account you know the the great resignation, right, and and this kind of whole transformation of being in the office as a contact center. Uh, associate to to move to the to the work from home what do you see as some of the, the kind of the new needs of the the contact center agent how has that great resignation affected them well i think you you've already touched on quite a few points and indeed i noticed recently thomas you've been having the great debate um on your own linkedin uh site right. uh where right. you're right. talking about i don't want to bring it up sure you've changed. <laughs> i don't think you've changed i think the leopard hasn't changed its spot it still actually prefers everybody be in the contact center but the key thing that's changed thomas from the agent is because of this enforced global experiment where in the beginning all the corporates wouldn't trust their employees they'd be asleep mm-hmm. on the couch if we let them go home Right, right. And suddenly they've discovered, no, that's not true. They're actually working harder a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. actually the agents have gone, hell, this works really well. And so the agents are having a better experience. There is a fundamental question that the BPOs and contact centers are going to have to ask themselves. This was a mantra we believe from the late 1980s, 1990s, that EX equals CX. Well, do we believe it? Because if we believe it, we're going to focus on the agent. But actually, too often a customer comes along and says, no, 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 I don't want them at home. I want them in the call center. Mm -hmm. And then we don't believe that EX equals CX. Right. So the question is, do we? Because if you're going to be agent-centric, then you're going to think about what suits them, what works for them. And it's not the right thing for every agent. But for about 60 or 70%, a very large percentage of the time, they want to be at home for a whole skew of extremely good reasons. Now, in your post, you touched on a good few where you thought, no, 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 look, it's lovely to have them in the contact center. But the question is, who are you going to give priority to? Yeah. No, you know what? I th- I think you're right. And I think selfishly, um, you know, and, and for those, uh, Andrew is referring to, I. it's probably the most viral LinkedIn post that I I did an unpopular opinion and basically said, you know, I would I prefer to have the agents here, not from the standpoint of 
you know, we've learned how to operate really well, work from home. I think the Asians do a great job work from home, but I think selfishly for me walking through this, (laughs) maybe it's because I'm paying rent on a, on a 40,000 square foot building and there's like 10 of us here. Maybe that has a little something to do with it, but you know, that energy I miss, but you know, we, we have learned to, to do it from an engagement standpoint and, and you can do it uh, from a work from home standpoint. And listen, I, I would be the most naive person to say everybody's coming back into the office because even in my operation, that is never going to happen. Correct. Um, so, yeah, it's now it's the point of, yeah, that's great, Tom, that you want that. But the reality of the situation is, right, if, if we want agents to be happy to provide that really good customer experience, the work from home model is, is definitely a model that, that we need I, to embrace. It is. It is. And I think, you know, here's a classic example. Lady I'm interviewing. She goes, uh, she comes from Malta. She wants a job as an account manager. She was over visiting her grandparents in Scotland when I interviewed her. Is it okay if I work from Iceland for two months? <laughs> now, you know, if you'd say, if you'd put that scenario to me two years ago, I'd have gone, "You're smoking dope." <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and, and when I so I was busy going around in 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 January of 2020, persuading all the BPOs, "Hey, go work at home." And I was talking to one of the fan guys who had 23,000 employees, and I said, "Look, you should be doing this. They don't have to come into the call center." He went, you're nuts. I like him in the call center. I can control it. Lock it down. Control the security. Right. And then I met him in July. I said, Mike, how'd it go? And he said it was a complete shit show. And, you know, he just had all sorts of problems moving the guys at home. So, but now we're all there and we've now got to manage it seamlessly, effectively, efficiently. We've got to recruit people well. We've got high attrition. How do we recruit them well? Get get their system well, working correctly, efficiently, and securely. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I think it's it's been a – I said I think I used the word epiphany, right? Like I had – and I think I have, right? Because, you know, for us, you know, it's it's now it's not a matter of the security aspect, the operations, the communication. Like everything's there, right? It's just now yeah. as an organization, how are you, how are you operating in it? So. Yeah. Before we get into the the security aspect, which I think will be the really hardcore meat and potatoes of this, you know, one last kind of work from home thing, you know, you have seen in in, in your organization, you guys are, are really do a good job of of, of assisting organizations and, and specifically contact centers from from that move. And what do you see from from an operational standpoint, an efficiency standpoint, a cost saving standpoint, you know, for for an organization that is still kind of maybe debating it, should we bring people back? Like what, what is the work from home kind of value prop that you've really seen? So the first part of it, I would say, Thomas, is if you contrast shipping corporate devices to using BYOD, the big value prop is if you've got, let's say, 8% attrition, which is what the kind of typical call center is operating, 8% per month. So you're turning over, let's say you've got 1,000 agents, you're turning over 1,000 agents per month. So in that case, you've got to ship a thousand machines out. You've got to get them back. You've got the logistics. You've got the wiping. You've got the admin and all the rest Mm -hmm. of it. So a big part of it, particularly with BYOD, is you don't have to go through all the logistics piece. When people think about it, they think about the capex, but that's a fraction of it. The cost of shipping, the cost of device recovery, the cost of the amount that you lose, the cost of imaging, that's where all the um, operating expenditure goes down and in terms of management and so on. 
The other piece is if you're doing BYOD, you can get the agents up and running immediately. So you don't have to wait three or four days or, by the way, six to eight weeks as the lead time sometime. I've heard somebody can't get any laptops at all for a long time. Um, so you can actually download a tool which checks the agent's machine and make sure you can get them up and running. So the agent experience is better because I can be starting in two days' time from the time that you give me a contract rather than having to lag and wait. So a lot of it's around that piece. But then the other piece is the IT management and operation of it. And that's all around, you know, changing agents from one customer to another customer seamlessly without mm-hmm. having to re-image their machine. Um, managing the whole patching, pushing applications seamlessly to the endpoint, knowing that you've got the endpoints properly controlled and secured and locked down, and therefore you're not at risk of breach. Those are the kind of three or four core areas in which huge logistics, management, operational, and talent acquisition improvements take place. Yeah, and that's, you know, even you talk about a large thousand seat call center, but even with me with 500 seats or even with a hundred seater, right? Because your, your, your management team isn't as large and that, that can be extremely overwhelming for sure from, from that aspect. So let's get into kind of the, I think the, the real cool piece of this that, that could be eye opening for some. And I want to, I want to kind of scare some people out here first, right? So, you know, we're going to talk about securing, you know, our machines, our BYOD, or, you know, any type of endpoints that we're giving our agents from a work from home standpoint. But talk about, you know, in the, the world that we live in now, you know, what are some of the things that we should be afraid of? You know, what are some of the things that, you know, there's obviously the some of the obvious things, but even maybe things that maybe we're not thinking about when it comes to the security aspect of, of our machines with our agents uh, working from home. I, I, to be honest, I think the, the obvious things that we should be scared about are the things that we probably are scared witless about, right. and that's security breaches. Um, right. You know, it, it, it's happening much more frequently. There are various headline uh, places where you can see people getting breached. The reputational damage, um, the effort, energy, management destruction that comes with a, uh, w- with a breach is very significant. And too often it is coming for simply negligence in terms of endpoint management. Endpoints, particularly at home, are the vulnerable component. They're they're scattered around all over the place. They're on all sorts of different networks. Um, And too often they're accessing corporate devices um, without the proper controls on the endpoint. So those are the, the very obvious risks. Yeah, and all that's that's the stuff that uh, definitely keeps I know operators, call center managers, supervisors, uh, definitely BPOs up at night because we can't make one mistake, right? You can't make one mistake um, because even if it was, if it's with one client, that gets out everywhere, and and you know from an operational standpoint, you're in trouble. Yeah, and and I think it's a bit like do you know if you've got a whole line of cars and some of them really well secured. Another one's badly secured. The boys break in at the badly secured one. Yeah, right. And there's a whole bunch of people running around with very loose swimming trunks on that are going to come off. Right. And, and they're not doing enough to put them on and tie them up. And so, and, and you can see, you only have to go, you know, Google security breach and you can see them. 
Yeah, I think all of us are getting emails too on on you know yeah. data and things that have been taken from us all the time for sure yeah. from these very large organizations, yeah. right? Uh, that should have all of this stuff in place. Yep. So, all right, let's let's kind of talk about that. You know, when I I talk to you know a lot of colleagues in the space, you know, most people their their setup is basically you know maybe some virus protection, right? Maybe there's a VPN, right? That that they think is is the the secure way to connect to their network, and that's kind of where they leave it at. Um, can you kind of talk to why that's not good enough and, and what are some of the things that we should be thinking about when it comes to the security that we actually need for, from an endpoint uh, process for, for our agents? Yeah, I think um, the answer I would give to customers, and, and this comes up quite a bit, you know, I've got VDI VPN, I'm, I'm good to go. And I think my response to that actually was um, one of the best guys on the on the digital workplace infrastructure at Gartner is a guy called Stuart Downs. And he was at a Citrix seminar where somebody was saying, oh, looky, there, work at home, VDI, VPN, I can have many more BYOPC in my estate. And his point was, yes, but make sure you've locked down the security of the endpoint because of keyloggers and screen scrapers. Because if you've got VDIs and VPNs, but you've got a keylogger running on the mm-hmm. endpoint, then all it's doing is taking off the data and particularly, most tragically, taking off passwords as agents are keying them in. And so you're effectively handing the keys to the castle out to other people if you don't have those kind of things properly secured and properly locked down. And then, you know, taking that another step, let's just say, um, you know, I, I, I say, hey, you know, Andrew, I have a 500,000 seat BPO or internal call center, right? I know we yes. focus a lot on BPOs, but this, this, you're working with a ton of different type of contact centers as well right. that could be internal. Um, and I say, you know, what are the first things that you would do when you look at my operation, when you look at, you know, a, a potential new customer? Um, what are the things you're going to talk to them about? What are the things that you're going to say, hey, we need to do this? Like, is there an order of things that you would say, hey, these are the priorities? Or how would that work if, if, if you have a new customer come to you? So I, I think, well, clearly the first place is to look at your current operation and your focus. And what are your goals and objectives? Generally speaking, people are coming to us with known issues or they've got, they're dealing with a particular customer. They want to satisfy a certain set of Andrew, and let me ask you, that's a really good, not to interrupt you, but do, do you see customers coming to you because they already screwed up right they already had a breach or is it is it normally like somebody that's that's ahead of it like is that a big new customer 100 percent. i was having that conversation this morning <laughs> right and with yeah. a, with a with a company that very large and to my mind you know really the what should be doing is making instantaneous response right um, but so, yes, uh, you, we, we are dealing with that kind of issue and um, where people are, are kind of seeing the potential. But you do see people who are saying, oh, I'm willing to take the risk. Which, to my mind, is complete insanity because the gamble just, you know, it's saving it's saving two grand and risking two million. Um, right. Which, right. Which, which seems nuts. But I think what we're trying to do is then say, okay, understanding your parameter, understanding your operations, what geos do you work in? How many how many agents have you got? What countries? What type of businesses are you trying to serve? What are the key things? Here? How do you support your machines currently? 
Are you doing BYOD or just corporate device? So depending upon the setup and structure, what we're then trying to do is bring best in class from the world's BPOs so that we can say, well, look, if you want to do this, this is what best in class looks like in terms of talent acquisition, business development and customer communication, agent communication, satisfying the agent that this is going to work well, giving them comfort. Um, in terms of operations, how do you deploy? How should you set it up? Giving them advice about how to configure what is quite a complex security piece in terms of a profile. So we'll help them go, here, that's best in class in terms of how you do it. And then in terms of an IT point of view, how do you control and manage your Windows patching and to the point that you mentioned, ensure your antivirus is up to date? And controlling all of that seamlessly from a single central point of glass. Can you talk there? There's a lot of listeners here too that don't have, you know, that are that are 30 seats, that are 50 yeah. seats, that are 100 seats. Can you talk to them about, you know, when we talk about locking down a, a, an endpoint, like there, there's, I'm sure there's, there's some of you that that don't un- really understand what that means, right? Um, can you just real briefly for for some of some of the listeners here that may be a little bit newer to the space, or yep. you know, when you say lock down a, a, an endpoint, like what what does that really entail? What does that mean? What does that look like? So, okay, let's let's dive a little bit onto the technical side. Um, effectively, what it means is if I've got my own personal machine and you want to lock it down, at the moment I've got admin rights. I could do anything that I want to that machine. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do on that Windows machine is log you out of your admin rights uh, profile, and we're going to log you in to an extremely low-privileged profile that we control from a management console that most of our customers will have in their own cloud setup, which is where they control all of the endpoints on their estate from. Logged into that low privilege profile, you then only have access to those um, applications that the IT department have allowed you access to. That could be simply a Citrix storefront, Mm -hmm. And you go straight through to your Citrix VDI. Or it could be that you put soft phones and things like that locally onto the Windows endpoint. And so you can access those. But then we're running. A, we only allow you access to a very limited number of Windows binaries so that things like keyloggers and screen scrapers cannot run. So that malware and malicious programs or things that are trying to hijack the Windows operating system simply cannot get in there. Um, so then you're in this highly secure, highly controlled environment as long as you're working. And then when you log out, it logs you out of that low privilege profile and then gives the agent back their, their machine for them to do exactly what they want with as it was before. So it keeps these two worlds entirely different and yet they're interconnected. And is there, is there a huge IT undertaking with that? Like it could, could a you know a hundred seat center be be totally fine with operating that? Is there what is the kind of the use or or the I guess the knowledge from an IT standpoint for for I, this? I, I would say the typical sort of you know anybody who's running an IT operation for a call right. center forty fifty people, you know we might need to be giving them a good bit of support and yeah. encouragement, direction and training and so on. Um, but we do that for we, we we've got you know, BPOs and call centers with 50 to 100 people 
and, and their IT folk are, are perfectly able. Sorry. Yeah, I think we're pretty used to operating in the yeah. cloud and, and those types of yeah. those types of things now. Exactly. All right, so you've proved me wrong, and and I think you've been right on a, on a bunch of topics. Um, here's another one that I need you to to change my mind on, and I think you've already kind of done it. Uh, but like many call center operations, you know, we are giving for, from the exact reasons that kind of you've you've very eloquently kind of talked about. We are giving our devices right to our agents, right? So they're taking an Expedia computer, they're 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 training here on it, they're bringing it home. Um, or we're just sending it to them. They're training at home. Um, so let's talk about BYOD. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me why I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Tell me why I'm crazy. Tell me why it is it is not a, the best operational expense and engagement and kind of experience for my agents as well from from giving them their own device. Basically, get, make the, the case for BYOD in today's in, environment from a security aspect and then from an operational standpoint. I think we've covered it probably pretty much from a security, but there are three key re- reasons I wanted you to think about, Thomas. Okay. One, the massive economic improvement. Two, the contribution to the planetary foot with the carbon, your carbon footprint. And mm. and three, um, in terms of your speed of getting agents operational. So those are the three biggies. You'll save a ton of money. You'll help the planet, and you'll be able to get agents recruited much faster. What about Andrew? What about uh, companies that come to you and say, "Listen, I've made so much capex, right? I've made such such an investment on these machines already." Yeah. Um, you know, what, what? How do you how do you talk that through, or how do you justify that? What, what does that that conversation go? So, it let's take a large, slightly larger number because the numbers are easier then to work through. So, let's say I've got a, a BPO with. 5,000 agents or a call center with 5,000 agents. So, and let's say they're running their amortization program over five years. Though, to be honest, most of them with laptops, it's actually three. Right. Another reason not to trash the planet. Right. Anyway, um, let's stick with that. So that means if you take it, let's take it every five years for the financial guys that are listening because they like to amortize it over five years. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, uh, so... That's a thousand devices a year. So let's say that your acquisition of those was proportionate over the years. That means this year, Thomas, you're going to retire a thousand machines and buy another thousand. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what it feels like when you write that check for seven hundred thousand um, dollars. It must be yeah, super. Great. Um, great. But uh, personally, I would think if I could avoid writing that check, I'd be going big tick. And, right. you know, so there's so that's how you do it. You you run you you push out the ones that are retiring. That's one. And two, a lot of these companies are growing in terms of their numbers of agents and so on. So when they take a new program on. This is where the opportunity. So let's say, for example, you've got, I don't know, an extra 100 machines stacked up in your warehouse at the moment. You take on 100 agents, whoopee, you know, but let's say somebody comes to you and goes, here, I've got a contract for you, Thomas, and there's 300 agents. And mm-hmm. you go, hi, Mr. Dell, can I have 200? Can I have 300 PCs? And they look at it and go, oh, chip shortage, problem shipping, Brexit, you know, something got stuck in a canal, six weeks, eight weeks. And now you're going, oh, yeah, I, c- I can get started in August. And the customer's going, what are you talking about? Whereas if you do BYOD, boom, you can get up and running tomorrow. 
Let me ask you a question. Like if I was a customer and I think that this is good because, you know, we did get a bunch of questions kind of in from some listeners to, to kind of talk through some of these things. And one of the other questions I had or that, that they sent me was, you know, how do you deal with the, the different operating systems too, right? So, you know, if somebody has a Mac and somebody has Windows and, and, and how do you operate and, and does, does the software or, or does that pose normally a problem for BYOD or, or how do you kind of get through that? We, we only work on Windows. Okay. So, well, that makes, so, it, that makes it super easy. Yeah, it makes it super easy. So, you know, m- if I look at most of my customers, I would say 90% of their estate, and in some cases slightly larger, is Windows. I would say it's probably more, more than that, even from, from everything that I've seen, too, of, of what contact centers, how we're operating. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is. It's Windows-based. You know, You're and right. you look at the, the ever-increasing delta. I mean, I'm quite an Apple fan on the yeah. quiet. Um, but, you know, I look at going and buying a Mac Air, and I'm going, seriously, lads? You know, by the time I've really loaded up, you want $2,000? Mm-hmm. I'm struggling. And I'm struggling more and more to make the value prop when I can buy actually a pretty good, you know, I'm running all of this off a Windows device at the moment, $700, $600. Right, right. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, we would even go the route of of even getting refurbished, you know, computers for the contact center. But that nut is still extremely large. Like I'm... I mean, I, this is, I am not a customer of you guys, and this is not like a, uh, <laughs> um, you know, any. You should be, Thomas. Uh, you should be. I know, but you I think we, we definitely need to talk because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think there is so much value into, into what you guys are doing. And, and I, I think it took me so long, right, to, to kind of get on the train. Yes. Um, that. You know, I think, I mean, it doesn't, again, like I've said 400 times, it doesn't really matter what I think. You know, the, the reality of the deal is is kind of where we are. And and I think from a security aspect, we have taken everything we can, but it, it, it would be nice to to kind of have just this one inclusive, right? This mm. this one piece of software that kind of does it all instead of just, yeah. you know, hey, we have a VPN here and we're locked down here and we're using this virus protection here. And I think you're, you're apt, by the way, Thomas, you're following the trajectory that everybody else has followed. And I th- it was fascinating. About a year ago, I interviewed the global CIO of Teleperformance, who was one mm-hmm. of our early adopters of our technology. Uh, and I said to him, Deb, tell me, what made you choose ThinScale? And he gave a fabulous answer, I thought. He said, look, Andrew, my government, my banking, my healthcare customers, they all see the benefits of BYOD. Those three points you, we, I've just articulated. They all see the benefits of it. But they're absolutely nervous about doing it from a security point of view. And what right. gives them comfort and peace is the partnership that the two of us bring to it. And I thought that was a fabulous answer. Yeah, no, I think that I think that that makes <laughs> that makes total sense. Um, it's a it's an interesting world that we are living in now, um, and it's awesome that there are there are people out here that have kind of thought through all of the. Uh, Kind of the naysayers, and also the people who are trying to affect things negatively, and, and to have that uh, that that like big brother on your side, right? That that's that's there to kind of defend what you're doing in, in your operation. I think is is yeah. really 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 awesome. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Anything else that that you would like to kind of bring up before before kind of I let you go? I appreciate you coming on again. Um, anything that I missed that you think would would be interesting to to any of the uh, any of the listeners? 
I think I think we've touched a lot of the the really important points actually, um, in, in terms of both security, in terms of agent experience, in terms of cost saving. Um, I think that the the fascinating thing for me was we recently hired a guy who used to run the operation for one of the really really big uh, BPOs, and I was I was listening to him. And he was talking to our tech team and he was saying, you know, there were three things that he was most proud of in his life. One of them was when he had to make 35, take 35,000 agents work at home during COVID. Yeah. Second was the fact that he got two U.S. patents. And the third was that he trained thousands of people on security via webinars and training. But for that first piece of taking 35,000 people work at home, he said it would have been completely impossible without ThinScale. And mm-hmm. he went on and gave this wonderful articulation of how it had completely transformed their operation. And it's, and it's funny because I think that particular BPO is actually best in class and leading the world in the way of operating both its um, in-house, its, its corporate devices and its BYOD. Right. But it was how he, it was the seamlessness, it was the management, it was the, patching, it was the control of the antivirus, it was the ability to move agent from one thing to another. And because the machines weren't domain joined, he said it created this air gap at the end, which stopped stuff flowing back into their corporate system. Right. Now that's, that's, it's amazing to think about how, how things change so very quickly. And, you know, some of us were really prepared for it. And, and there was operations that could, could move seamlessly. And, you know, others, you know, it took a little bit to get going. But I, you know, I always say now there, there's no more excuses, right? Um, yeah. You know, a, a customer or a, a client of ours, it doesn't matter. We need to be able to operate. We need to be able to be secure. Yeah. Um, there's no more, oh, hey, I need a little bit of time to figure this out, right? That that time's come and passed. So I, I, think um, I appreciate exactly, it. I think that's right. The time has come and passed, both in terms of work at home, because I yeah. think that ship has sailed. The tsunami has blown in. And it's gone away again, and and the landscape is forever changed. It's not going to look the way it used to look before. No, absolutely not. Andrew, can you tell everybody just if if anybody wants to get one, take a look at Thin Scale, go on the website. How do any does anybody get a hold of you? Um, any of the the content that you put out? If you just yep. want to kind of maybe talk to everybody about how we can how we can yeah. be in touch. Lots of ways. So go to the uh, website thinscale.com. Um, there's a contact buttons there, so you can you can contact there. If you contact me on my uh, LinkedIn, Andrew McNeil, uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Just message me directly, connect in. Very happy to help. Or even um, just email me directly. My email is andrewmc at thinscale.com. All right, Andrew. Hey, I really, really appreciate it. I know I'm sure the listeners do too. This is going to get a lot of feedback and I'm sure we're probably going to have more questions. So we might even have you on here, uh, you know, for a second time uh, as the, as the year goes on for, for some other questions. But uh, again, thank you so much for, for joining and uh, a lot of value there. I've really enjoyed our conversation, Thomas. It's lovely to meet you and fabulous set of questions you had for me and look forward to the listeners questions. I'm All sure right, they'll Andrew. be contentious. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not too bad. <laughs> All right, Andrew, thank you. Okay.